I tried different pieces until I found a, a particular album. It was the uh, Mozart Salzburg Symphony number no. three or number two. What was it? Number two, I think. And it was just fabulous. I played that every time I got on the machine over and over until at the end I found that the opera Rigoletto did that for me as well. Some of the arias I can really push. When I got to the bigger numbers and I got into the 120s and I'm bending at 120 and I'm trying to get to 125, but it had to be loud. So I had some fun with that with, with, with the extent. Hello, this is PJ, the host of the Bees Knees podcast. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. I've got a story from a wonderful management consultant named Merlin Hernandez. She went through a knee replacement and had a real challenge in her recovery. She had some curveballs thrown her way along the way, including pain management issues, lots of stiffness, just a real bunch of challenges that she takes us through in great depth. She's very literate. She's a great speaker. I have great admiration for Merlin, her tenacity and her ability to communicate is really remarkable, as you'll hear in this interview. So uh, sit back and listen. I've got uh, a bunch of different topics that we go through together, Merlin and I. You're just going to hear her voice, not me, in the interview, but uh, she'll recite and help you and explain quite a bit about her recovery. If you do decide to go to the um, episode webpage, you'll see that this is a series of five blogs that she writes and, and again goes into great detail and there are videos i think there are five total videos that go along with the blog so this is a really complete work i've uh, bundled it all together for you and so in about 20 minutes you can cover all of it in just this uh, wonderful podcast audio form so again it's uh, a conversation with merlin hernandez about her total knee replacement i am sure you will learn a lot and if you have a surgery coming up uh, while not a cautionary tale, this is certainly a story of how to prepare and what you might expect if things aren't quite picture perfect in your uh, recovery after surgery. So here we go. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Okay, I'm Merlin, and I, uh, I live in small town, Maryland. I, uh, I came here because I wanted my daughter to have a better chance at an education. We were living in New York City, and it wasn't cutting it for me. So we kind of found a lovely school where the, in a lovely little town where she had nothing else to do but study. I'm, I am happy to say she's now in her third year at university and doing well, thank you very much. <laughs> But I'm kind of like that. If things are not going the way I want it to go, then you change it. I, um, I was born in the Caribbean. I lived in Canada, in the Caribbean, in different parts of America. It's like I go wherever I need to go to do whatever I need to do when I need to do it. I'm made that way. So my bachelor's degree is in communication. So right out of college, I got a job as a television producer. And I worked there for several years. I, I actually worked in television for close to 20 years. And uh, gradually that morphed into a marketing career because uh, just because a friend who ran a cosmetic company asked me, would you come on board and help me to move my product outside, uh, well, overseas? And I thought, well, 
sure, I can do that. Luckily for me, a lot of small business people had been asking me to investigate overseas markets and that when, I, when next you're going to Europe, could you find out what I, what I need to do? I realized I'm consulting with these people. So gradually I said, well, okay, I'll, I'm gonna do a, con a consultation for you for a small fee. And lo, I was a consultant. And I just kept doing that and people kept bringing me work and I kept looking for opportunities and getting opportunities and just, so I became a full-time consultant, which kept me in one place so I can look after my kids myself and uh, earn a living. Eventually, when I realized, okay, this knee is gone. I've been putting it off for years, but it was gone. <laughs> so I had to do something. The pain was very deceptive to me because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor. I, had, I have arthritis in my knee, but I had pain down the entire leg. So I thought, well, something, there's something wrong with my leg. So I went to one of those circulation people, the vein specialist, and he did all his testing and everything, and he said, no, that pain originates with your knee. So you need to go see an orthopedic person. I said, but I've been to an orthopedic person, and I don't think I liked what was, he said, I need you to go see this person. And I said, you want me to go see that person? He said, yes, this person. And that was Dr. Ralph Silvanio. I got there, and it's a very, very low-key doctor, but there is this incredible air of confidence and competence about him that I just thought, okay, this man listened, not, you know, sit there and listened while I ra rambled on and on, but he listened, he picked some salient points, we discussed it, and I just thought, he hears me. This doctor hears what I'm saying. Whereas, do you know, you, you go to some doctors and after, after a certain point, their eyes glass over, you know, they're not hearing anything you say. Like, it's like, okay, and there's a person sitting there, but nobody's home. Uh, I didn't get that. We went through this, the, the, the x-rays and stuff. He said, well, you're gonna have to have this surgery because look at what's happening with you. And the reason you have the pains down your legs and he explained and he talked about what the pain specialist said. And I thought, okay, this is it. We're gonna have to do surgery. So I said, okay, if I'm gonna do this surgery, what are my options? So I go and I research again. <laughs> and I'm, I said, okay, so, the, but he did stress that the rehab is key. Regardless of how successful the surgery is, rehab is key. By my second visit there, I could sense that I am within a culture that is very, very patient-centered. And what that translated into is that the hospital from which Dr. Salvanio worked, where we did the surgery, had the same culture. From the time I got in there for the first orientation, and I started talking to them, and they talked to me about it. I met the social worker, I met the, the, uh, the physiotherapists, and these people were so different. You know, not that this is small time. When, when I first told my daughter, one of my daughters, that I was gonna go have this surgery, she said, are you gonna go to Johns Hopkins? And I went like, no, why? I don't live in Baltimore, why would I go there? I'll just go to the hospital down the road. And I said, it's just my knee. You know, what? And she said, no, 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 you gotta go to where the best is. I said, well, how do you know where the best is? I don't know. I said, well, anyway, I found a doctor and I, I, I'm comfortable with him and I like him, so I'm good. And then when, by the time I met the people at Meritus Hospital, I thought like, hmm, I like those people too. A surgeon like that would work within a culture that matches his. So that the culture at Meritus and the culture at Dr. Sylvania's office 
fused. Continuity of treatment. If you come from a hospital and you were at this level of pain medication, you want that level of pain medication to be continued for a while, whether it's a day or two days or three days. The point is that you don't want that to change right away because then you are going to experience pain. Uh, pain medication and pain management is a, is a, it's a process. And usually at the hospital, they try something, and if it works, they, they, it continues, and if it doesn't work, they adjust it. So if you spend three days in the hospital, that was probably three days of adjusting your pain medication to something that makes you comfortable. There is the issue that narcotics have to be stepped down. You don't want people to be addicted. But the step down is a conscious and graduate and graduate process where the patient becomes a partner to it. You come in, you explain to the, to, to the patient, okay, you're having this amount of medication at these intervals. What we're going to try to do is probably take it down a little bit, maybe push back the interval, maybe give you less, but we're going we're gonna to pick one step down at a time. You don't want to, 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 to shunt the patient into a new regimen right away. So you, you want to be aware that, you, that, that the protocols that you had in the hospital are continued for a couple of days and gradually sh shifted for, into something else, if that's what is indicated. The next thing you want to know is that medications are delivered on time. I know in some of these facilities they are overworked and that very likely that what, there's one nurse on the floor delivering meds and she may not get to you for a while. Knee surgery is one of the most painful surgeries and you have to stay ahead of the pain. But you need to manage carefully how much narcotic you're keeping in your body, the level of narcotics you're keeping in your body. What I found was that if I took my medication at a certain time, I had to wait 45 minutes to one hour for that medication to kick in. Then my window for exercising was an hour to an hour and a half. I better get on my Xtend machine in that window because that's the high window. I found also that music helped me a lot. It combined a certain level of relaxation with the exercise and that worked for me. So that I recommend your favorite music. And I, out of all the different, I tried different pieces until I found a, a particular album. It was the uh, Mozart Salzburg Symphony number three or number two, what was it? Number two, I think. And it was just fabulous. I played that every time I got on the machine over and over until at the end I found that the opera Rigoletto did that for me as well. Some of the arias I can really push. When I got to the bigger numbers and I got into the 120s and I'm bending at 120 and I'm trying to get to 125, but it had to be loud. So I had some fun with that, with, with, with the extent. I make no excuses and I'm not selling the X10, but I tell you, I could not have done this without that machine. Could not. I am, I am sorry. I could not have done this. I named her the machine Brunhilde because she was tough. She was relentless. She was a titan. She was protective of me. She gave. She demanded, she was a strong warrior woman. So I thought, okay, you're Brunhilde. I mean, I didn't think about which name I would give her. It just came and I said, you're Brunhilde. <laughs>
Right now, I'm having uh, a, a range of motion at, at 120 to 125. Um, ideally, it'll be nice if I can get to 130, but uh, people all have fantasies. <laughs> With the X10 machine, you have a recovery coach, and I would report my numbers, what, what I've achieved. Every night we would talk, he would, we would talk text or phone about where I am and, and what I need to do and how I need to overcome some of the challenges I've had. So we are, this is a partnership. And we're working within this X10 partnership, and he, just at the point where he felt I was ready, he said, now I'm going to add a new layer of exercise for you. You've got to start building your quads and, ham and hamstrings because you need to strengthen that area in order to, 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 to cement that brain muscle uh, linkage. And when I started, and just about the time I started working to the X, with the X10 machine, uh, my, my physiotherapist is noticing that I am, you, you, he's saying to me, you need to build quad, you need to do these exercises to build quads. And I said, well, you wouldn't believe the exercise they've just given me on the X10 machine. And he said, well, let me see. And when he, when he saw it, he went like, wow, this is good. And I showed him the, the kind of stuff I was doing and the kind of stuff, and, I, and it, it, it was kind of hard and there was some pain, but I'm pushing it. And then he would touch my, my, my hamstring and he went like, whoa, this is good exercise. And so every time he came in, he started checking my numbers. And gradually we discovered that there are things I can do on the X10 machine that will support what he is doing. So sometimes he would come in and he would say, okay, we're gonna get on the X10 first, and then now I'm ready for you. Because with all of that, the hardest thing is to bend this knee. So when I hit a kind of plateau at 90 degrees and I can't move, we began to rely on the X10 to warm me up, loosen me up, and now we're pushing this. When I would get to a certain point, I'd say, okay, okay, now we're going to do it again, right? We're going to get three more points today. And they're going like, okay, we're going to do this. So two weeks after surgery, I'm just beginning some serious uh, rehab. And I, and I kept having this nervousness that I'm never going to catch up. So you're going to have to push it, even though this machine is designed to be so gentle that you, you cannot hurt yourself in the machine. Anytime you, that the machine picks up, the sensors on the machine picks up any tension at all, you are, the machine instantly cuts off so that you can't hurt yourself. But I would sort of physically program it to take me further because I know I'm behind and I needed to catch up. It was a full body activity where I was leaning all the way down to the ankles and massaging the calves and massage uh, the, the back of the knees and massaging around the, the, the wound itself, well, the scar. and. Really, there were parts of the knee when you bend it, you can feel the tension and feel the pressure. And I would be massaging all of that as while the exercise is going on, so it kept me loose so I could go a little further. And that massage helped me a lot to move ahead. So that worked really well, the combination of the music, the massage, the, the, the X10, the physiotherapist, and, and, and the fact that I had this will to catch up. And I really caught up on time. I mean, my, my surgeon was happy, my uh, physiotherapist was happy. Everybody seems to say, wow, you came from behind and you pulled this off. The kind of fear I came out of that, from that rehab facility, I was not motivated to do anything on my own. But the very fact that I knew I had a small window to do it, that means if you don't do it now, you, you can't do it again. So just get up and do it now. And I have really gained a lot because I had this machine. But she's got to go. One does not look forward to surgery and pain, <laughs> but I am thinking that 
there's no way I can escape doing the other need. I, I, I left these needs way too long to get them done so that now I know I don't have the, the, the luxury of, of deferring it anymore. I have to do the other one and therefore I want Dr. Savanya to do my surgery. I want to do it at Meritus Hospital. I am not wanting to go to any rehab facility. I want to come home and have my home visit uh, physiotherapist, Jason Smith, to come. I want my X10 machine in the house, definitely. I want my X10 recovery coaches, PJ and Ron. I think um, right now, as, I, as, as I'm winding up this particular phase of my recovery, I, I'd like to thank my, doc, my, my surgeon, I'd like to thank his staff, the Meritus people, I'd like to thank my physiotherapist, I'd like to thank the X10 people, because right now I'm in a good place. The Bees Knees Podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to thebeesneespodcast at gmail.com.